Hey, Risto here at George Mason University. Uh, I'm here today with David Aldis. Uh, he is a senior lecturer at Cardiff Metropolitan University in Wales. Uh, and we're here to discuss the Welsh HPE curriculum. So we've done a, a bunch of these on Australia, Finland, Norway, New Zealand. Um, and so we're here to talk about the Welsh uh, curriculum today. So David, welcome to the podcast. Um, hopefully um, everything's all right in Wales at this moment. And uh, maybe you can start off with just giving us a brief background uh, about you and where you're coming from so we can kind of situate the uh, podcast that way. Uh, thanks for having me on, Risto. Um, as we were saying earlier, it's um, it's really cool being on such an esteemed program and, and the podcast series has been fantastic. Um, so as you said, my name is David Aldous. I've been based in Wales now for six years, uh, working at Cardiff Met. Uh, my interests are pretty eclectic, but probably based around critical sociology of education and applying that to PE. Um, I would like playing around with theory, applying it to practice with the view then to supporting communities, uh, responding to kind of social health and educative challenges. Uh, and so for the last years, while I've been at base at Cardiff Met, um, I've been using my kind of research uh, to help the community and support educators in, in response to what is a kind of really interesting time in Wales in terms of the kind of transformative sport health and education agendas that we're seeing in Wales, but also globally as well. So um, prior to that, I was at Exeter University, um, did sports science, have been working in education in various roles as well, um, and then made the decision a few years ago to move to Wales. Awesome. So my initial email to you, before we get into uh, the PE piece, my initial email to you said I think it was either at the bottom of your email sign-off or it was an auto-reply or something like that that said that you would reply in both Welsh and English. Uh, can you talk about how that language works in in university settings there and also in uh, education in general? You know, what language are you teaching K-12? to Yeah, so um, I, I think to put that into context... Um, Welsh language and culture is huge in Wales. So there's an expectancy that um, both in society and then in education that there is the opportunity to learn Welsh. And importantly, I think, as someone who hasn't been here, living here very long, to understand the culture of Wales as well. So um, in terms of a university, we kind of align ourselves really importantly with uh, Welsh government in the sense that we offer the opportunity to... Um, respond to and speak with Welsh where possible. Um, going back, so there's an expectancy that um, as a member of the university that um, we engage with Welsh culture and language um, and we start kind of trying to engage with the community in both Welsh and English as well. So um, since living here, I've tried to learn Welsh and um, I'm still learning Welsh. Um, but we always offer the opportunity for both languages. But it, it kind of reflects the, the idea in Wales that Welsh language and culture underpins all of our education provision. Now, is it an opportunity or is it a mandate? Um, good question. I think it's a real opportunity um, for learners in Wales and for society in Wales. Um, Welsh history and culture is very, very prominent in what we do. So... 
I, I would see for first and foremost that as an opportunity. But interestingly, um, since I've been living here, it's really evident in terms of legislation about emphasising Welsh language and culture. And you can see that then in the kind of curriculum developments we're making as well. Right. And I am disappointed because uh, BERA was cancelled this year and we had plans of flying into London and driving through Wales. So uh, hopefully, hopefully at one point that uh, will be another opportunity for us. So, Uh, well, we're we're a really friendly country. You're always welcome. Um, And I would argue this is my bias that we've got some of the best surf beaches in the country Mm -hmm. as well. Awesome. So let's, uh, let's look at PE. So for those who are unfamiliar with Wales, uh, can you give a brief overview of PE uh, there? And so where is it coming from? Where is it going? Sure. Um, so I, I guess the thing, first thing to note about that is, is linked to the idea of culture, of, as we've just been talking. And for those who haven't visited Wales, sport and the opportunity for physical activities ingrained in our society and culture Um, I like speaking through personal experiences, but my earliest memories of visiting Wales and my family were being taken to uh, the rugby football and the cricket grounds, uh, swimming on the beaches in West Wales uh, and going to the local pool. So sport is everywhere. Um, Physical education departments in Wales play a huge role in that kind of sporting culture. And like everywhere, I think more recently, those historical sporting cultures um, have been in some respects challenged by new discourses, but they're still very, very evident within um, communities across Wales. Um, I think given some context to that, I think one of the most most prominent memories of coming to be interviewed for my post at Cardiff Met was the rich history of sport at the university and how much sport and physical education mattered to that culture. So to give some context to that, uh, Cardiff Met has always been quite prominent um, and highly regarded for its physical education programme. And that dates back to the early uh, 60s um, when it was an original uh, teaching college. So we, we, currently what we do now is built on some pretty strong foundations and you know, physical education culture in Wales, in some respects, can be argued to be quite traditional. Um, with a viewpoint that is focused around sport performance and, and some forms of physical activity. Um, I guess, again, as someone new to that community, it's pretty awe-inspiring listening to all of the connections between the universities and the schools in the community. Um, and that only comes through the quality of the people delivering on the programmes at Cardiff Met uh, and the quality of the teachers it's produced. So um, to give some context, um, you know, you, you'd be talking to one teacher in one school and they will be mentioning people that they went through Cardiff Met with um, and the types of activities and games that they are all involved with. So it, it's like one extended family across Wales. Um, Cardiff Met isn't the only place that delivers that kind of physical education provision, but it is quite it is the most historical one, I think. Uh, and that has some pros and pros and cons. Uh, I think, um, as I said, really, really nice is that there's this sense of collegiality within the PE community um, and its willingness to support each other, particularly when trying to transform and introduce new ideas. 
Um, but equally, when we're going through a kind of significant change process as we are now, that, that kind of also challenges um, and makes people think about their own identities as a PE teacher as well. So in terms of a PE curriculum, um, since the PE curriculum was introduced in the UK in the, in the 1990s, Wales has followed uh, a very traditional curriculum that you might see in, for example, England. And a bit like Scotland over the last decade, we've started to see, alongside the devolution of politics, um, different forms of PE. Um, so, you know, PE in Wales used to be quite traditional. It used to be a lot like you would see in England. Um, but now it's moving into this new curriculum environment. I think what will happen is that kind of traditional culture will undergo some sort of transformation. Yeah. And it seems like uh, based on the stuff that I read is the transformation is based on, you know, things that have been done in more progressive curriculum in Scotland and Australia. So um, you already had a strong emphasis in that 2008 curriculum on teacher discretion and broadening the activities offered. So when you're moving and the reason we're kind of talking today is, you know, you're moving into this transformative education agenda in Wales. So why is this being proposed at this time? And what are the kind of key features of, of this new agenda? Sure, yeah. Um, so as you said, 2008 was the kind of more, um, the last set of kind of changes to that, that curriculum. Uh, and it proposed some kind of more agency, if you like, for PE educators in Wales in terms of what their delivery Come around 2010 then, what, you, what we kind of see is a, is a political decision in Wales um, to raise attainment of education uh, and create a system that from the viewpoint of Welsh government would be providing an education experience for all children to enter what is described in their documentation as a fast-changing, globally connected world. Um, so there, there's this idea that um, Wales had to modernise, I guess, in a sense, uh, and provide... Um, opportunities for all children to kind of raise their education experience. You know, when you look through the documentation, that decision was partially informed by what I would say is a number of quite staunch criticisms of the previous system and its suitability for the 21st century. So, you know, Welsh government have in particular listened quite strongly to the OECD uh, and their observations on Welsh education and the idea that we need a kind of education system in Wales now that allows children to kind of evolve and experience a, a different world to the one that was um, around when the first curriculum was developed. So there's, there's a lot of kind of political background to the changes that were um, proposed. And I, I think what there's a real notable kind of focus on is working across disciplinary boundaries to raise those standards um, with the hope of equipping children with the knowledge, skills and experiences for that changing world. Yeah. So there are kind of four key objectives to that. Um, one is kind of developing a high quality teaching profession. Uh, there's a real strong commitment to excellence, equity and well-being within the documentation as well. And there's also this kind of, interestingly, this focus on then robust assessment, evaluation and accountability for what they call a self-improving system. So, you know, 2008 saw some kind of uh, initial 
orientation towards teacher agency and the idea that as a PE educator, you had more choice into determining what you delivered at the micro level of the classroom. But what that's kind of fed into is a is a proposed curriculum now that kind of places the design uh, and the values and the aspirations firmly at the level of the PE educator. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really interesting. I think that, as you said, that has real strong connotations, what's happening, for example, in Australia, um, what's happened in New Zealand and also in Scotland. And it's almost like when I talk to colleagues, Wales is probably where Scotland was about uh, in the early 2000s, 2011. So we're learning a lot from our Scottish colleagues and our Australian colleagues on that process. But it's, you know, it's a really exciting time for PE in Wales and where it could possibly go there as well. Yeah. So, and I, I'm going to take us off site, uh, you know, a little tangent here. And I don't know if you want to answer this or not, but how much of this is political? So if we look at Scotland, they just had a um, you know independence vote a few years ago. You have Brexit happening. You have um, you know Wales in in the middle here. So are these things trying to also take a stand politically um, in trying to extend it out from what uh, what England has been doing in in their curriculum? Are they trying to separate this or is this a totally, completely separate um, endeavor? Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Stephen Ball's work uh, and John Evans, as most people are on this podcast. And I, you know, I was taught from a very young age that you can't separate the political from the education process. So this, this very much has kind of um, political influences and political responses. Um, I guess part of the thing is um, when we talk about the UK, um, you know, as as we all know from the Scottish curriculum now, the, the UK is is not a kind of unified set of policies or um, political influences. So um, devolution in terms of setting this agenda for Welsh curriculum has been massive. Um, and again, you know, speaking from experience, having worked in England and then moved to Wales, the, the differences now between the English curriculums, the Welsh curriculums and the Scottish curriculums are becoming more evident. So you're, you're absolutely right to make that observation. This is, this is kind of based on a political agenda in Wales, in which, which looks very different now to the one that is being proposed within what we call the Westminster government Um and it, it is based on a set of values that Welsh government are aspiring to. And that, that there is a kind of notable focus in Welsh government around raising attainment for um, all people in Wales, uh, you know, addressing uh, underlying issues of poverty, um, which, I, I, you know, those are things that I can connect with quite strongly. And those are the kind of things that are now starting to seep into our, our practice and delivery of physical education as well. Awesome. Thank you for that. So let's, um, let's dive into this curriculum. Um, I'm going to read a quote from, uh, from that curriculum document that, that says that this new curriculum gives every school in Wales the opportunity to design their own curriculum within a national approach that ensures a level of consistency. 
It encourages schools to build their own vision for their learners within the context of the four purposes and the learning defined at a national level. And it provides the space for practitioners to be creative and develop meaningful learning through a range of experiences and contexts that meet the needs of their learners. And I, and I wanted to, you know, we'll talk about kind of the similarities to other curricula and, you know, what makes this distinctive, but, you know, leading into that question, um, can you talk a little bit about the, the part about having all of these individual schools or school districts or localities uh, designing their own curriculum within a national approach? Because, you know, we, we have different countries that have a national curriculum. Then we have different countries like the U.S. that has this local control that, you know, each individual country or each individual district makes their own curriculum. But in the U.S., the difference is there is no national curriculum. So I wanted to kind of see if you can explain how that will work and what the kind of focus is on having a individual opportunity to design your own curriculum within the national approach. Yeah, firstly, how cool is that quote? Um, just hearing it back from someone else um, gets me quite excited about those possibilities. I, you know, I guess the, the key words of meaningful PE, creativity, uh, the idea that uh, for the first time in a long time, uh, a new generation of PE educators get to decide on what uh, is delivered in their classroom um, based on the kind of local uh, needs of the community, it can can only be hugely positive. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess um, if we go right to the start, I think it's, it's the way that the new curriculum in Wales is being pitched as not a very rigid curriculum, but almost a purpose-driven curriculum, which when you read the documentation, it is a set of principles, it's a set of ideas um, that, what physical educators in Wales will need to do is kind of connect with and then translate uh, through their own values and practices to provide physical education and health and well-being opportunities um, for people um, both in the wider community but then also for children in the classroom as well. So I, I guess going through listening to your questions there, it's, it's really important to say from the beginning that Um, uh, right from the start, a key feature was that this guidance was to be designed by practitioners um, with support of forms of educational expertise. So this curriculum was designed by uh, teachers who were known as curriculum pioneers. And what these curriculum pioneers did then was that they were were guided by Welsh government to come up with what they they thought would be uh, a kind of future-orientated health and well-being, what we call area of learning and experience. Um, And and that's the first key kind of point of differentiation in Wales in that from 2022, we won't have a PE curriculum. We'll have a health and well-being area of learning and experience in which principles of physical education will feed into it but they'll also connect then with uh, other health and well-being um, disciplines, uh, areas of knowledge and expertise. So it really is kind of evolution of PE in that sense. 
Um, I guess another key point to point out there that, that is often missed is that PE is not being removed from the curriculum. I think what is happening is that there's a real opportunity for PE now and PE practitioners and educators to inform an area around health and well-being. Uh, and so PE for me is, is having an even more important role for this new curriculum to be enacted within schools as well. Because we know that, you know, high quality physical education, when you read some of the principles behind it, does that does that kind of thing around health and well-being when it's done and delivered well, yeah. as I said. Yeah, and I was interested because, so I'm reading through and it seems, you know, I was reading the curriculum documents that, that you provided. And as I'm looking through it, I'm like, oh, this is really cool. It's innovative. It gives the teacher so much more choice. And, um, you know, it, it, it is not rigid that you talked about. It brings in these key terms like meaningful learning. Um, and at the very end, you had that quote of, you know, it doesn't mean, it doesn't necessarily say that PE is removed from the curriculum. And I'm like, whoa, wait, what did I miss? Like, where did this come from? Like PEs, it could be removed from that curriculum. But so you're saying it doesn't, obviously, but you talked about it raising exciting questions regarding the possibilities for physical education. So can you talk about some of the challenges and and these exciting possibilities in light of this new curriculum? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'll also talk about some of the questions that we're kind of arising from that challenge as well. So you're absolutely right. I think one of the nervousness, nervousness, is that a word? Can we cut I, that I think like? it definitely is. <laughs> um, one of the things that the community is nervous about is the idea that PE is not prominent in the in the documentation. You have to really engage with it to um, understand that PE is, uh, is still there, but in a different kind of guise, if you like. Um, so, you know, we one of the challenges initially was to kind of work with the community uh, and the kind of physical education departments um, within our community and say, look, you know, PE isn't being removed from the new curriculum. This is a real opportunity for for you as practitioners to kind of inform a very exciting health and well-being agenda. But you can understand the nervousness of, of PE practitioners when you don't see your professional identity being prominent within a curriculum. And and so I think that that's, that's for me is one of the key challenges is that given the kind of holistic nature of this curriculum and the less focus on on disciplinary knowledge um, being very evident within the guidance it's, it's kind of asking the community to say well you know what do you what role do you want to play what kind of knowledge and experiences do you want to bring into this kind of guidance and you know i think that's the real strength of the guidance is that it is asking us those kind of questions as practitioners and so, you know, we work with schools, but we're using this kind of new curriculum guidance for things that we do in the university as well. And it's, you know, from my own experience, it's been asking us as a group some really interesting questions about, you know, for example, what does high quality physical health education look like now? Um, what do we mean in Wales by excellence and equity in terms of health and well-being? And, you know, going back to Fiona and Lisa, Louise's excellent podcast a few weeks ago, 
I think what it will require of the PE profession and what the new curriculum is challenging us to do is, is have a different way of thinking around these challenges, but then also being kind of open to you know, accessing forms of support globally, taking ideas from other curriculums uh, and learning from those experiences and how we kind of start enacting this curriculum now at the level of the classroom. As I've right. said before. Right. So, do you think that that is a um, uh, an issue of so not having physical education specifically in that curriculum? Do you think that that was uh, one? Is that scary? I mean, you talked about a little bit nervousness, but is that a misstep in advocacy, or was that purposeful, or were there no physical educators in in the development of that curriculum? I don't think it was purposeful. I don't think ever there was a kind of conversation of um, we must remove PE from the curriculum. Mm -hmm. I think the whole intention going back to it was to kind of raise ultimately uh, levels of health and well-being and as a consequence of that levels of physical activity within Wales. I, I think that was a very aspirational agenda right from the go. I think the other one with that was is that um, as a consequence of that, PE has become blurred within that discourse. But it's the similar if you look at um, you know physics and chemistry within the other areas of learning and experience. That you know there are conversations in some areas and some kind of corners about well you know we're not now teaching children in Wales in the future you know key chemistry principles or key physics or key um key mathematical uh, principles and you know that's not really the case i think those principles and those disciplines will already always be there so you know as a pe educator you're still going to have a role uh, in wales i think it's about really thinking about how your disciplinary knowledge can be applied into practice and context so it's, it's as I said, I only see an opportunity with that. Mm -hmm. um, but I can I can also, having done some analysis on the document and started to think about my own teaching in the university, what challenges that presents as well. And again, one of the one of the challenges, like any kind of new document, is the kind of learning of a new language that 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 principle of recontextualization, as Bernstein once called it. Yeah. And, and you mentioned uh, ball earlier and, you know, when we look at this in a policy point, right, we, we look at a new curriculum document as being enacted. It needs to be enacted by the teachers, right? So it's mm -hmm. not just policy isn't policy because we put a paper up and post it on the internet and people can read it. It's about the buy-in and it's about people who will fight against it and who will be champions of it. So within your work, and your colleagues' work, how are you all supporting physical educators to address these challenges and possibilities? Yes, it's a great point, um, and one I'm glad you've mentioned, actually. Um, we were really fortunate in Wales to have Dawn Penny come and visit last year, and um, it was a really productive visit. Um, we were really grateful for her time, but the key message I can remember her mentioning in her lecture was that actually policy is people and I've, I've kind of taken that and said policy is people but people are policy and so there's this reflexive kind of connection between 
documents and people and this embodied nature of policy that I think is hugely important for the work moving forward. So, you know, one of the things that we try to do within the work of the group in Wales is is try to um, educate and, and kind of raise this idea that we're not just talking about a, a set of two-dimensional ideas on paper here. You know, the, the policy is you as a profession and you have a real chance as a profession to kind of enact that policy based on your own values, visions and, and aspirations for what you want to do in PE as well. So I guess a lot of our work really is um, supporting the community in the sense of going back to Stephen Ball's work, not telling them what to think about the policy, but giving them the opportunity to think in the first place uh, and supporting them in the development of those ideas. So, you know, as a couple of examples there, what my colleague and I, Fiona Heath-Diffie, are doing at the moment with with some PE teachers in Wales is that we're setting up um, kind of design thinking workshops um, in in the hope of it's kind of getting them to connect with their own vision and their identity in the hope of then translating these ideas into practice. And, you know, that's what's cool about this new curriculum. It's, it's, it's a set of ideas, but they can be worked and they can be reworked and they can kind of be translated into whatever you want to do um, with the viewpoint in the hope of that it will improve and enhance um, education and physical education opportunities for all pupils. You know, that's, that's one of the, going back to the challenges, um, one of the criticisms, I guess, of the, of the new curriculum is that it, it's written in a language that won't be accessible for all children. And a, uh, there's an excellent paper by um, a lecturer, Nigel Newton, who's based at Cardiff University, that raises one of the kind of cautionary tales about this new curriculum that although it's very, very aspirational and it places equity and well-being at the centre of it, that equity might not be realised for some people in Wales and some children. And so as a community, I think what he's offering there is a real challenge to us to make sure that happens. And, and that will require universities, schools and the wider community all working together um, in the translation of this curriculum. So our role, as I said, as a, as a kind of a university and a research group is to kind of allow PE teachers and, uh, the space to think and try out ideas. It's to get them realising as well that they're doing some really awesome stuff anyway and um, we can build that into the kind of curriculum principles so it's not starting from scratch. But I also think, um, you know, through through the wider global PE community that's so strong at the moment, it's giving them access to different knowledges and ideas as well. Yeah. So, and, and I appreciate you sharing all of that. It, do you feel like at, at this point, is, is there anything that I've missed or that, you know, you, you feel like, you still need to or want to highlight or any any kind of closing thoughts on on this curriculum process no not really i think you know it's, it's always nice talking about this um with with people and, and sharing our ideas um with the with the view for viewpoint at this time in wales we're we're really keen to work with 
the wider PE community in, in kind of developing Welsh curriculum and physical health education and health and well-being provisions. So yeah. this is a kind of open call for people to come and work with us in the physical health education for lifelong learning research group to work with our community, disseminate ideas uh, and move in the right direction that way. So um, yeah. I think for some time, kind of listening to the stuff in New Zealand, Australia and Scotland and other examples, you know, the work in Sweden is, is stuff that we kind of build on and are trying to work with as well. It's a, it's a really cool opportunity, as I said at the moment, to kind of build those collaborations. Um, as we've started to do in the work that I've, uh, Anna Bryant, my colleague, and working with Fiona Chambers have done, um, that's only the starting point with this process. Yeah. And I, I find it interesting because, you know, we talked about the Welsh curriculum today, but that's informed by Australia and Scotland. And we, you know, right around there is Ireland, who's going through a brand new curriculum revision in, in their secondary. And so there's all of these different curricula all around the world. And looking at this from the U.S. point of view, it's interesting because what we are able to offer here is... You know, we could take any individual curriculum and model it under these more progressive curricula from around the world. And I think that's the exciting part here because, you know, each individual locality is allowed to make their own curriculum. There is no national guidance that forces you to do certain things. So hopefully some of those people who are in charge of writing that curriculum are are listening and they're looking at all of the innovative stuff, especially um, that we see in Wales have uh, coming up. So thank you so much, David, for uh, for joining us. Um, I do have our uh, neighbor's lawnmower people just came over and started lawn mowing. So I think that means that the podcast should end around this time. So Thanks for having me on. It's, um, it's great to have a discussion about this. Yeah. Thanks, David. Thank you.